From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up presents Danny Flecker in his weekly spot. Good morning, Danny. Morning. Nine overtimes, even after they changed the rule to try to eliminate this. What the heck happened with Illinois and Penn State? This this wasn't supposed to happen. Look ahead spot for them. They they had uh, they have Ohio State next week. John Clifford wasn't necessarily 100% healthy. You know, coming off the bye week, even and you know, poor execution by Penn State. You know, not being able to to put the game away when they could, not being able to get the you know two point conversions when they could. So um, just a poor a poor day overall for Penn State. Pretty much takes them out of the Big Ten title race with Ohio State looking the way they've looked. And a trip to Columbus next week still. So I think it's safe to say Penn State's out of the Big Ten title chase. Uh, that leaves three teams left in that division that have an opportunity. You know, we kind of talked about last week that now we're going to see these teams with the schedule. I just an ugly day of football at, at Happy Valley yesterday. Seriously, that is, that's one of those losses that stings and sticks around for a while. Um, nearly another one um, with Oklahoma and Kansas. Um, you know, when you're the best, and, and we've seen this with Alabama, we've, we've seen this with Georgia, when, when you're the best, you're going to get your opposition's best. And Oklahoma gave that, uh, sorry, Kansas gave that everything Oklahoma could handle for so much of that game yesterday. Ultimately, Oklahoma comes through in the end, um, and I think it gives credit to Caleb Williams. When you look at that game, are you more impressed by the finish or concerned by the start? I'm probably a little more uh, concerned about the start. You know, against a good team that had a good defense, you know, say they got down 14 nothing to Iowa State or 14 nothing to Georgia or Alabama. Are you able to still play the same way against them? Probably not. So I think the start's a little concerning. Um, you know, Caleb Williams definitely had a great second half and had some plays that, that allowed them to win the game. But I think the start is what concerns you in the sense that, you know, you can get away with it against Kansas because there was still only a 10-point lead and, you know, Kansas was limited to begin with, but against a, a top five team or, you know, in your conference championship game, that kind of start could derail your entire uh, day. So I, I think they need to stop drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit in Norman. Uh, Caleb Williams is being talked about, you know, for the Heisman, like the greatest freshman quarterback and forever. And I just think they need to cool a little bit and understand that, they still have five, six more games to win before they do anything of a note. So uh, take it easy a little bit with that and just really get back to the fundamentals and know that you still have a lot left to, to accomplish. Um, were you surprised to see Oklahoma State fall? No. You know, they're uh, a smoke and mirrors, you know, top ten team. You know, we kind of saw it with Iowa. You know, they see some of these top ten teams have, you know, great defenses, but they don't play complementary football or their offenses are limited. They need a lot to go right in order for them to win. Um, and Iowa State's a tough, tough place to go in and play. And you know that Iowa State was looking to 
Tops for an opportunity now to get back into the Big 12 title race and also get back into the top 25. A lot of people had this team as like a dark horse playoff contender. So uh, I wasn't surprised by the results. Uh, I knew that, you know, it was going to be a tough game for Oklahoma State. Uh, and I knew Iowa State was going to bring it. And Iowa State still a team in the Big 12 that, that should be taken seriously because they, they have an opportunity here. I still think with Texas and Oklahoma left on the schedule to make some noise and really got to kind of get themselves back in the discussion for a New Year's Six Bowl or even, you know, Big Ten 12 title. Um, and when you look at now the top 25, Cincinnati wins – Bama wins, Oklahoma wins, um, Georgia was on a bye, um, Penn State falls, Oklahoma State falls. As you look at this, um, is this going to come down basically to if Oklahoma can win Bedlam and, and win the Big 12 title game and, and what the heck Cincinnati does? Uh, the rest of the way, or is there a chance that if Georgia beats Alabama in the Big Ten title game that you could see the winner of the Big Ten title game sneak back in here? Because we have, you know, you have Ohio State, Michigan right now sticking out there um, as a possibility down the line, and it's a big if, but um, you would need some help, I would think, if you're the Big Ten title game if Alabama beats Georgia in the big in the SEC title game, is that kind of the way of the land? Yeah, yeah. I think there's a, a couple of things that can go. You know, there's a big game next week. You know, even though Penn State lost last week, this weekend, you know, their big game against Ohio State next week means a lot. Michigan, Michigan State next week means a lot. Michigan, Ohio State means a lot. Those are the three games in the Big Ten that I think will shape out what that landscape looks like there. Oregon got a big win yesterday. We should see them jump up a couple of spots, probably the numbers, you know, seven or six in the polls. Um, Iowa kind of will have their, their hat right back into it. Um, you know, throw their hat in the discussion again. They still have an opportunity to, to make some noise there. And uh, I think, you know, what we're starting to see things sort of take shape. But, you know, I think the committee is looking at Cincinnati as the biggest outlier here because if once they lose, they're done. So yeah. I think things will be a little bit clearer if that happens. But if they keep winning, you know, there's still an opportunity for them to make it. But I, I think next weekend, the Big Ten, with the two big games that we have, you know, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, will do a lot to kind of set the, set the lay of the land for what will transpire in the Big Ten moving forward. Because if Ohio State loses, things kind of go into chaos. And if Michigan, Michigan, if Michigan wins and Ohio State wins, and, you know, it's kind of setting up for, for you know, playing games in the Big Ten Championship game, and then, you know, from there, who knows, but I think next weekend we'll get an idea for the Big Ten, and if Oregon keeps winning in the Pac-12, then they're going to obviously be uh, a team that's going to be talked about to see what, they, what happens with them. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of NFL things momentarily. I, I, I do want to touch on one thing that, that crosses into the NFL, and that is taunting. We saw what I thought was a ridiculous taunting penalty in that Iowa State-Oklahoma State game yesterday. You've seen the NFL have a taunting issue. College also has a targeting issue, um, which I think sometimes I'm glad that they can review targeting because I think sometimes we're, we're, we're seeing targeting calls 
um, that do not deserve to be targeting calls. But when it comes to taunting, um, I understand what the NFL is trying to do to where if you turn your you turn yourself away from the opponent, it's celebrating and no longer taunting. In college yesterday, you can't call a showboat into the end zone taunting. It wasn't like he was giving a gesture of any kind. It wasn't like he was rubbing it in of any kind. It was just saying, look, I got free. Your fault. Take it. Sorry. Um, and in the NFL, we saw a couple early in the year. It seems like that's evened out and that's gotten better. Where are you on, on, on taunting right now in both college and the NFL? So, both rules, both penalties, dumb, in my opinion. Targeting should be taken out of college. You know, just go to the NFL model, 15-yard penalty, if it's a personal foul, and move on with the game. I think we're seeing a lot of disruptions in playing in the game. Uh, too many reviews. Uh, you're, these kids are having to get ejected and then sit out the, the first half of the second game the following week. It's a dumb rule. There's not enough games in the schedule for these kids to be missing it. And it does shift the way that things are done. I just think it's a stupid penalty. Yeah, you can enforce it. You know, put it in there as a personal foul and let's get on with the game. Um, and then as far as taunting is concerned, same thing. Get rid of it. It's dumb. It's stupid. It delays the game. It, it, it doesn't, to me, shift. It doesn't shift the competitive balance in the game if you're taunting your opponent. But what it does do is shift the competitive balance if you throw a flag for something that's ticky-tacky. And, and, you know, we haven't necessarily seen it yet, but we, like you mentioned yesterday, a touchdown was taken back for something that was very minor, very within the game, and, and should not be part of how we're disciplining players on the field. You know, there's a lot of other things that, you know, these refs should be worrying about. Whether they're taunting, celebrating, whatever it is, let them do it. It's part of the game. Uh, Danny Fleckle with us here on Teeing It Up. As we look at this NFL slate, it's not the best NFL slate um, I've, I've seen. Um, and I, I know a lot of people are looking ahead to Thursday night and what could be a dynamite matchup between the Packers and Cardinals. Um, there's, there's two games. They both happen to be in the American Football Conference that piqued my interest. Unfortunately, uh, neither involves the Jets. Um, you have Cheats, uh, Cheats, geez, Chiefs, Titans, um, three and three, four and two. Which team needs this more? I think both need it, to be honest with you. I, I think so you would like a tie. <laughs> I think Tennessee needs it because, you know, they are in a situation where they have a very poor defense. It's not going to get better anytime soon. They need to build a, a comfortable lead in the AFC South because I still think Indy is a player in that division. And Kansas City needs to find their swagger. Um, I still think they're making too many mistakes on offense. We saw some ridiculous turnovers last week against Washington. Thankfully, they didn't come back to fight them. But this is a team that Kansas City has always had a little bit of trouble with. Um, you know, they, they're going to run the ball. They're going to try to keep the ball away from Patrick Mahomes. They know they can beat them. They've done it with, with the coaching staff that's there, with the players that are there. It's going to be a hard game. I, I just think that Tennessee, coming off a short week, 
an emotional win last week against Buffalo. It's going to be a lot for them to get up for a second game in a row here. But I do think it's going to be close. I know that the line opened at five and a half. I think it's down to four and a half now. I do expect a close game because with Derrick Henry back there, um, you know, no game is ever out of reach for them. You know, no matter what, he's just unstoppable. No one knows how to figure him out. The Kansas City, I want to see this week if they're a little bit more crisp on offense. You know, without you know, not having these stupid turnovers, they're you know, not having you know these these cheap plays that they think that they're going to like fool everybody. Just go out there and play football. You know, Mahomes has, has had a lot of boneheaded plays this year. And I think it's him trying to do too much, and he really doesn't have to. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, with some of the best weapons, and one of the best coaches in the league. Just play within yourself, you know, play within the scheme. And I think if Tennessee, you know, keeps Kansas City, you know, off the field, it's going to be tough for Kansas City. I think that they get up every single drive and keep the game close. But I do think Kansas City has an opportunity here to to get back on track a little bit with that defense they'll be facing today. Uh, that is indeed a four-and-a-half-point line. A six-and-a-half-point line in favor of Baltimore is the five-and-one Ravens, four-and-two Bengals. I took a look at this line and said, uh, sorry, took a look at this game and said, I have no idea. Cincinnati, four-and-two. That That's not a four-and-two team in my book. This should be a cakewalk for the Ravens. Am I right or am I wrong? I don't know. I think Cincy's played well this year. You know, they played tough against Minnesota, who has a pretty explosive offense. Played well against Green Bay, you know, a couple of bad bounces and missed kicks in that one. I think Cincinnati's going to give it everything they can today against Baltimore. We keep waiting for the other shoe to drop with Baltimore. You know, they've been in close games. They've been gotten out of it. Lamar Jackson's been playing out of his mind. Um, but I do think Cincy poses some problems for them. You know, I, I think they're... Joe's uh, ability to come back from his knee injury last year and be accurate with the ball has really opened things up for this offense. So I think it's going to be a close game. You know, this defense is a little bit underrated. I like what they have out there for you know their wide receivers and mix in. I think it's going to be a close game, divisional matchup, opportunity for the team that wins to go to first place. I think it's going to be a very hard-fought battle today in Baltimore. We've got some ginormous lines this week. We have um, the Rams 16.5 over the Lions. We have the Cardinals 19.5 over the Texans. We have the Bucks 11.5 over the Bears. These are three huge lines. Are any of these sucker lines that you're taking the dog? So I think there are two. Uh, I think that you know, the Rams are going to destroy the Lions. Uh, I really don't see that one being close at all. I think the Tampa line is a sucker line, and I think the Texans line is a sucker line. You know, Arizona is probably going to want to just get into this game, win it, and get out. You know, they have a big game on Thursday. They don't want to risk anything, put too much stuff on film. New York turnaround time for them. Um, Texas, Texans. I probably have a difficult time in this game, but, you know, 19 and a half points is a lot of points. Uh, but I don't think that Arizona is going to be playing, you know, full 60 minutes in this one. And I think Chicago is being a little bit disrespected, to be honest. They have a good enough defense, I think, to frustrate Tampa a little bit. Tampa is minus, you know, some weapons. No Antonio Brown, no Gronk. Um, so I think that, you know, this is an opportunity 
for Chicago to, to really put their best game out there this year. Uh, I think everyone's waiting for Justin, Justin Fields to have his breakout game. You know, it's an opportunity for him to do that here. I don't expect him to run the ball a ton. You know, he has an opportunity to beat them with both his legs and arms. Uh, if I'm leading the dog in any of these games, I think it's the Texans and, and Bears. But if I had to pick one of the three, it's definitely Chicago, just because I think they have the opportunity to, to frustrate Tampa a little bit. And, you know, this might be an opportunity, too, for, for Fields to have a dynamic game. Any other National Football League thoughts? Yeah, I, I think I like your Jets today, plus seven. Um, you know, New England's had a very weird schedule of late that, you know, a, a bad game against the Saints when they were looking ahead against the Bucks, put it all out on the line against the Bucks and lost. That went to Houston um, and had a letdown game, and we're fortunate enough to pull that one through. Uh, then they came home last week against Dallas and, again, put it all out on the line and lost. I think they're a tired, emotion, tired emotionally and physically from a, a team perspective. You know, they have a lot that they have to figure out there, and I just don't think, from a plane calling perspective, they're aggressive enough to really put teams away. I just don't think they have that killer instinct right now. The Jets are coming off a bye. You know, they they have an opportunity here with some of their pass catchers back healthy. If Zach Wilson can limit to the mistakes. And if the Jets is that was some sort of run game, I think they have an opportunity here to, um, you know, pull off the upset or at least keep this game close. I think seven points a little bit too much. The same exact line as it was in the Meadowlands, both from a, a point perspective and a total perspective. I just think the Jets have come along further since that game than the Pats have, in my opinion. Um, yes, Mac Jones is playing great, but I, I just don't think that New England is going to be beating this team beating teams by, you know, 7 to 10 points on a weekly basis. So, I do like the Jets in this one, uh, plus 7. I'm also interested in the, you know, uh, the two, there's one afternoon game I'm interested in, that's the Vegas Philly game. Uh, I took Vegas last week. I, I think that they're in another good spot here against Philadelphia. Don't trust Philly on the road. Don't like the way their, their offense is looking or how they call plays. And, you know, the game tonight in San Francisco is supposed to be played like in a monsoon. Um, so I'm really interested to see what that looks like. I, I like Indy in that game plus four. I think that turned a corner a bit. If they run the ball well against San Francisco, I think San Francisco is going to have a tough time in that game. Uh, 30 seconds. Does Deshaun Watson get traded to the Bucks at all this season? I think unless the team gives the text they're looking for, probably not. I think that the Texans are going to leverage what they have, you know, available to them right now, see if they're able to get what they need. If not, then, you know, I think it becomes an arms race in the offseason. Uh, I still think teams are probably a little bit uneasy about trading for him without knowing what's going to happen with him. But I, I still think that we'll hear calls and rumors about it for the next week. Uh, but I ultimately think he gets traded before the draft next year or during the draft next year. I am with you. I think these lawsuits need to be figured out and some back-channel conversations need to be had about if you trade for Deshaun Watson, is he actually participating on your team or is he going on to the commissioner's exempt list immediately? Big difference there, obviously, if you have his services or not. Danny Flecka, thank you, as always, for coming on Teeing It Up. No problem, man. Have a good uh, rest of the weekend. You got it. And uh, to all of you, enjoy your football Sunday and Monday.